You are listening to Sparking Wholeness with Erin Carey, where we talk about all things related to nutrition for mind, body, and soul. Are you ready? Let's do this. Hey, everybody, it's Erin Carey, and welcome back to Sparking Wholeness. Today, I am speaking with Dr. Camila Stevenson. She is a published author, counselor, and healthy lifestyle advocate with a firm belief in the importance of physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual health for all individuals. She has dedicated her life to helping others become their best selves by learning how to take care of themselves physically. Dr. Camila firmly believes that for one to be on the right path in life, that person must be physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually ready. And she takes time to give guidance and motivation to those who are at a crossroads in their life or who are confused or uncertain about what they want out of life. Through counseling, she strives to reach out to the hearts of those who need help and encouragement so they can move forward with confidence and hope. Her passion and devotion to assisting someone's journey toward health is a conviction and inspiration of hers, and one that brings her great joy. Her dedication to this calling is also a testament to how generous God has been to her. She drives others toward greatness by inspiring them towards greatness as well. She believes she can guide you on your journey toward success, whether it's being an empowered leader or follower or becoming a healthy contribution to society overall. So welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Good to be here. I'm so glad to have you on. And so today we're going to be talking about the immune system and the science of the immune system and what can we do. And and I think, you know, when we talk about the immune system, we're really just talking about how can we show up and live out our purpose? Because when we are struggling with immune system issues, that can really bring us down. So I think this goes along with everything that you share in your bio, which I love that whole holistic perspective of life. So But can you share a little bit about the science of the immune system? Yeah, I mean, this is a, a huge topic and the immune system can be impacted by so many different variables. And I think it's important to really address the immune system overall in our life, uh, just because it will affect the quality of life that we live. And I think that's what it's all about is that just how how much quality can we have each day that we live? And if we're like tied down, you know, obviously by like being sick, not feeling well, having low energy, you know, having pain in our body and things like that, then the quality of life that we live is going to be affected. And the purpose that we're here, you know, to live for the things that we're supposed to do our career, even our relationships, you know, with our children and our spouses and, you know, our friends and those who we love, all of that is going to be affected. So life will be affected if we don't address our immune system and make sure, you know, that it's well. And there's just a lot of things that we're doing wrong that, you know, plays a huge role in our immune system and how it's functioning right now. And there's a lot of things that can, um, you know, add to it and make it better. And that's the good news is that sometimes we look at it as though, okay, either our immune system is bad or is good. And we're just kind of stuck with either one of those, but that's not true. You know, we can do some things, we can start to adjust some decisions and some, you know, disciplines in our life that can actually start to boost the quality of our immune system. And as we boost the quality of our immune system, we're going to actually impact other areas of our body. Like for example, our brain, you know, because our gut has a lot of impact on our brain, our emotions, even how, you know, how we function emotionally, we're going to affect that. And so I think people are not like in tune with how many different areas of our life will be improved if we just 
start to, you know, address our immune system and start to do things that can really, you know, get us, you know, on the right track of feeling great and having just the energy that we need throughout the day to do the things that we need to do and that we love to do. So definitely a huge topic. I'm a, a huge advocate of of doing things that can, you know, help to boost our immune system. And again, I know a lot of people are at a disadvantage, especially with autoimmune diseases and chronic disease and things like that. Uh, but there are some things that we can do to start to reverse um, our bodies in a sense, because our bodies have the capability of healing. And that's the good news. I think our bodies are extremely generous yeah. and we can, even though it took years to, to damage it, we can start to do things to re- reverse and to, you know, get better and feel better, you know? Absolutely. And like you said, it, it's, we don't want to be deterred from our purpose. And these th- there are things that we can do to get us back on the right track. Because when we are bogged down by all these things, it definitely gets in the way of our enjoyment of life and yes. how we show up. So I'm, I really appreciate your approach. And we said, even before we started recording, you were talking about how you take these really complex principles and you break them down in practical ways. And I love that because I think that's what we need because we really get like all lost in the big words and the science when it's like, wait, yeah. there are just things you can do. So let's talk yeah. about that. Yeah. Let's talk about nutrition and, and foods and nutrients that are essential for a strong immune system. Where would we start? Well, um, Okay. The way I really approach this topic is it's kind of multidimensional. And the reason why is because I really do believe that we are all made up very differently. And I think that different um, food items affect us differently. Like there could be some great food items that are beneficial to some and are not to others. And then I have also like this general, you know, I have a general you know, way of approaching diet and nutrition that works for most people. And I tend to go down the path of the diet that will help to reverse chronic disease and inflammation and also prevent, because I think the same, the same direction that will reverse chronic disease and inflammation is the same rules that will prevent it. And so I tend to kind of live by a, a diet and a nutritional regimen that I would actually give somebody who was trying to reverse, you know, diabetes or, you know, bring cancer into remission or reverse autoimmune disease. I live by that because I want to live preventative. However, there are some, some areas where we expand out and we start to kind of differentiate. I believe in what you call bio-individuality, which is that everybody is different, different gender, different size, you know, different amounts of fat in the body different DNA, different blood type, different genetic disposition or susceptibilities, different allergies, you know, different stress levels, your career, your job, different seasons of life. Are you a mother waking up in the middle of the night, you know, six times, you know, trying to breastfeed your child? That's a different season. That's a different, that's going to require different levels of nutrients than somebody else who is a little older and they're retired and, and they don't have any kids to watch after. You know, so there are some some different directions that I go in. Yes, individualization is so important. And while we are on the topic of nutrients and supporting our immune system, this is a great time to pause and thank our sponsor for today's episode. 
Today's episode is sponsored by Athletic Greens. AG1 by Athletic Greens is a daily nutrition staple in my life. I take it every morning. I started taking it a little over a month ago and immediately I noticed a huge improvement in my energy levels throughout the day. It helps me to restore hydration after sleeping. It helps to restore my electrolyte balance. I love taking AG1. I just pour a scoop into about six ounces of ice cold water. I shake it up, I drink it down, and I am ready to go. AG1 is made with 75 super high quality vitamins, minerals, and whole food sourced ingredients that deliver benefits for your mood, for your immune system, for sleep support, sustained energy, and so much more. Of course, you listeners know that I am huge on gut health, and so I love that this product contains prebiotics, probiotics, digestive enzymes, and all kinds of support for gut health. That is definitely an area where I know that I have made a huge improvement, and that is in my digestive system. It has regulated my digestive system in a way that is definitely a benefit for me. I have to add that I also love the travel pack so I don't have to miss a day, even on vacation. My husband and I just went on a quick little long weekend getaway and we're eating food at restaurants. We were snacking more than usual. I was enjoying more treats than usual and I loved knowing that I could still support my body with high quality vitamins and minerals every single morning as soon as I woke up and got my day started. So if you want to take ownership of your health, today is a great time to start. Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Go to athleticgreens.com spark. That's athleticgreens.com spark. Check it out. It's daily nutrients and long-term gut health, and it is way more than just greens. Now, Dr. Camille, getting back to the topic of immune health, where do you think that most people are going wrong? What is working against us? In general, I believe that one of the things that we're doing wrong is obviously too much processed foods, processed sugar, processed and refined sugar. I don't believe in a high carb diet. And I know a lot of people sometimes will disagree with that. And what I've seen in research studies, what grain does to the gut and how it causes heart problems and how it causes autoimmune diseases. And again, everybody's body respond differently to these things because for example, if you're, if you're doing like, you know, too many grains, a lot of gluten for many people, it can pretty much rip holes in the digestive tract and allow, you know, proteins and particles to seep through that shouldn't be seeping through into the blood, cause inflammation, and then cause a response from that. It could be anywhere from joint pain to an autoimmune disease, Hashimoto's, lupus. It could be bloating. It could be not being able to lose weight, you know, headaches, you know, like all kind of different inflammatory responses. And so I don't believe in doing a lot of grains and carbs. And honestly, what I, what I personally notice is that the only people who argue with this are young, healthy people with a (laughs) lot of muscle, you know, who's in the gym working out. And they're like, it's like, how old are you? Oh, you're in your 20s still. Okay. (laughs) So things haven't started to affect you. And the accumulation of so much sugar in the body that comes through certain carbs has just not affected you. It just has not hit you yet. But when you tend to see people over 40 years old, they start to know what these carbs are doing to their body. And so, yeah, you have that young, muscular, athletic person that's like, we need carbs. We need lots of carbs. Do 300 milligrams of carbs every day. 
And this is somebody, first of all, who's probably, who's got like so much muscle in their body that most of the carbs that they're eating is hiding is going straight to their muscle, you know, and, and, and being used as energy when it's needed. This is not the average person. The average person is overweight, too much fat, sitting at their desk, working all day on a laptop, not moving enough. They have a sedentary lifestyle, high blood pressure, diabetes, chronic pain and fatigue, anxiety, depression, can't sleep at night, um, tied down with stress, you know? So this is, this is, this is where I try to direct my energy towards because these are the people who really need to start making some, some simple changes in their diet. And one of the things is just coming off the grains and going on a low carb diet. Even if they cycle, I, I do like carbs from time to time, you know, complex carbs like sweet potatoes. And, right. but I, I wouldn't necessarily recommend it to, for somebody who has strong bouts of, of, of um, insulin resistance and right. severely overweight and can't lose weight. I would tell them to minimize as much as possible insulin in their body because the majority of people right now, and this is, this is why I tend to, to like a low carb uh, diet approach, you know, a nice amounts of protein, high amounts of healthy fat, because most people are dealing with what we call metabolic syndrome. Yes. And so, and, you know, and we hear this word a lot and some people know what it is and some people don't, and for those who don't, uh, metabolic syndrome is a combination of a few things that's, that's happening um, high, you know, blood sugar, basically some level of diabetes or whatever. Um, and then you have like belly fat, you know, fat around the belly, not necessarily around the butt or the thighs, but the belly fat is what's been linked to like um, heart disease. And then you have high blood pressure, then you have high triglycerides and low HDL levels. And so usually when you have three of those, you're considered, you know, you, you're, you know, they love you as metabolic you know, having metabolic syndrome, but honestly, you don't want to have even one of those because one of those is showing that something is happening within your body. Just like it's, it's, it's like your body's communicating that something is happening and we have to switch what it is that we're doing with our bodies to be able to like, start to reverse this. Our bodies speak to us when we have a pain, you know, and we like to numb things and we like to suppress it. But if you have a headache or a pain, in your body, your body is communicating, hey, something is wrong. We got to do something different. And that's why if I get a headache, I don't like to take, you know, medicine right away. I don't want to take an aspirin or anything because I want to see first, well, did my blood pressure, I, I tend to have low blood pressure. So my blood pressure may drop. And it's like, did, did, did my blood pressure drop? Am I dehydrated? And do I have a lack of minerals? Am I, are my electrolytes balanced? So I tend to start doing things to see if the headache will go away. And a lot of times it does. I find that I have a, a headache at the back of my head when my blood pressure drops low. And um, I just fix it by drinking some water and with salt. I, I boost it up by salt. So I'm a person who tends to have to take a little bit more salt than others. And you'll see. So for my diet, I somebody I used to put salt. I carry salt with me everywhere because mm-hmm. I have Himalayan uh, salt and I like high quality salt. Mm-hmm, so I me carry too. it with me and I take it out and I'm putting it over my food. And then it, and it's all these people are like, that's too much salt. And it's like too much salt for who? Because see, I work out a lot and I lose a lot of salt and I have low blood pressure. So you have to know your baseline. You have to know your biological makeup. You have to know what foods are healthy for you and not dairy do well for some people. Dairy don't do well for other people. You know, you have to start to open your eyes and, 
and pay attention to what your body is saying when you put certain food items in your system. For some people, Brussels sprouts may make them feel wonderful. For other people, Brussels sprouts may make them bloated and make right. them gassy and make them not feel well. Well, then you know you're having some type of inflammatory response. So it's not about a standardization of is Brussels sprouts healthy or not. It's is Brussels sprouts healthy for me? And in order to figure that out and determine that, you really have to start paying attention. And people walk around like zombies when they're eating and they're just, you know, not really paying attention to anything. And we don't understand that eating is a thinking event. <laughs> yeah, that is so good. So true. And, you know, as we are talking about knowing how our bodies individually respond to different food for health, I think this is a really great place to pause and thank our sponsor for today's episode. This episode of Sparking Wholeness is brought to you by Better Help. Knowing how to support physical health is important, but one way I am constantly supporting my mental health is by going to therapy. It is so easy for me to get caught up in what my husband needs from me, what my kids need from me, what everybody else needs from me, and never to take a moment to think about what I actually need for myself and what I need to do to support my mental health. It is so easy to get burned out doing that. Therapy gives me the tools to find more balance in my life so I can keep supporting others without leaving myself behind. Therapy can help you learn positive coping skills, how to set boundaries, how to be the best version of yourself, how to take ownership for your behaviors and create new healthy habits in your life that keep you moving forward and not stuck in the past. If you are thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, suitable to your schedule. All you need to do is fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge because it's really important to find the right fit for you. Find more balance with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com sparking today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash sparking. Now, Dr. Camila, you mentioned earlier that eating is a thinking event, and I love that. Can you expand on that some more and maybe explain, I mean, what happens if we don't think while we're eating? If we don't, then we're going to probably consume the wrong things and then our hormones will all get our ghrelin and leptin levels, our hunger hormones, and, you know, we wind up with leptin resistance. And honestly, yep. that is, that's the strategy. Even when you go to a restaurant, the reason why they feed you bread in the beginning is because people tend to eat more food when they, when they're consuming carbs in the beginning of a meal, you know, this is going to give you a sugar spike and then it's going to wind up having your levels because your pancreas is going to shoot out insulin to get the, the sugar out. And then it's going to wipe it out your body. And then you're going to have a crash. And then you're going to feel like you need more energy, more sugar. And then you're just going to wind up on this roller coaster all day and not really understand what's going on. And that's why you can go to it. And any, anybody can relate to this. If you go to like a barbecue or a function, look at how many times people can go back to back drinking pop and soda and sugary drinks. They can just keep drinking them. They can drink a six pack over the span of probably an hour or hour and a half. And most people can't do that with water because water does not interrupt the hormones that communicate to our body and let us know, hey, enough, 
you're full, you're satiated, you don't need to eat anymore. Carbs tend to block this. Bread tends to block this. So restaurants will get more money out of you and you will eat, you will overeat on like pizza and pasta and bread and, you know, uh, chips and cookies and dessert. You go back for seconds and pop and sugary drinks. And so um, just being, being cautious of all of these different things is very important. But to sum it up, I, I, I tend to go for the low carb, high fat, high uh, moderate amounts of protein, depending on how, how much you're working out, how much muscle building you're doing, you, you'll need a little bit more protein uh, approach. And I, I generally tell people stay away from a lot of processed food and fried foods and, and processed oils, like, you know, the, mm-hmm. the seed oils and the canola and the soybean and all those vegetable oils that don't have any vegetables in them. Um, and <laughs> right. replace them with healthy oils like avocado oil, you know, olive oil, not heated up, of course, and uh, butter and ghee and even um, animal fat. Like I, I, I talk about lard and tallow because they're at least real oils. Yep. So stay away from the vegetable oils. They cause, cause inflammation and they rise your omega-6 fatty acids, mm-hmm. which are a little bit too much. You know, we have too much of that. We need more omega-3 fatty acids, unless it's, unless the omega-6 is like coming from like eggs or beef or something like that. But, and it's okay to have it. It's just the ratio where we need more omega-3 because they cause a lot of inflammation. And uh, that's generally like the diet that I, I try to stick to. And like I said, it's only young <laughs> athletic type people in the gym trying to you know, build muscle that will fight that you need a bunch of carbs in your diet, you know, and uh, wait till they get 40 years old. They'll start. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, you are so right. And I, we are completely aligned on that. And I I'm with you. And I think, like you said, I I really believe that most people right now are pre pre diabetic, you know, if not, you know, showing these symptoms of metabolic syndrome, as you said, and that really impacts our health on the cellular level. So even though we're talking about the immune system, the health of our cells determines whether we're going to be able to fight off viruses, pathogens, whatever it is. So going along with that, another killer for all of us is stress. So can you talk a little bit about how stress might be just as bad, if not more than, um, than inflammatory seed oils. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, and I would honestly say that that's at the top of my list. I mean, a lot of people ask what, what's at the top of your list for what can destroy your immune health and just your overall health. And I really do think it is stress. And we are, we've entered right now, the world is just dealing with a lot of stress and trauma, even from the past season that we just came out of. And you've seen like emotional issues like uh, anxiety and depression and loneliness um, start to rise and increase. And generally here, here's the overall understanding of stress, because this is the, this is the main thing that I uh, attend to target in my particular life. There is nothing more important than my stress and my sleep because my sleep highly impacts stress and stress impacts sleep and all of that. Um, So we have, you know, two systems, the parasympathetic and the sympathetic system. And the sympathetic system is where we're, a lot of us are stuck. And and it's, that system is there for us to handle stress, which is totally fine because we have to handle stress. And what a lot of people don't realize is we deal with stress from the time we wake up to the time we sleep at night. Like, and there are so, certain stressors that we have to deal with. 
Like when you wake up in the morning, if you have a job, you have to go, you have to get ready. You have to get your kids. You know, I have three different kids. They go to three different schools. They oh, start man. at three different times. They're in different sports. They get mm-hmm. picked up at three different times. I mean, it's a whirlwind mm-hmm. and it's not like I can escape that. That is stress. Um, that's stress being accumulated. And, you know, like a woman, her menstrual cycle, that's stress. So like, don't, you know, look at stress, like stress is like just these big traumatic experiences. They are, but stress is going on all day long. You know, you're in traffic and, you know, it's that, that could be stressful. And, you know, so what we got to realize is that stress goes on all day long. And what happens is the, the bad part about stress is it accumulates. And if you don't have a recovery mechanism in place, if you don't have something to de-stress and to detox that that stress out of you, then you're going to wind up with a lot of problems, especially gut um, problems. You're going to wind up with problems with your gut because when you're stuck in sympathetic mode, your digestive system is not relaxed. It's not at ease. And you are not even able to really die. Just like if you are in a situation where somebody's about to rob you, you don't, you're not going to want to go to the bathroom. Even if you just did a second before that, your digestive system locks up to protect you from the stressful situation that's happening. But what happens is we get locked there because we have so much accumulation, then we get stuck. And then we don't have any mechanisms in place to de-stress. And so now we're not absorbing nutrients. So when you're stressed, it does not matter if you have the perfect diet, you could be doing all (laughs) the things right, organic, you know, high quality, grass fed, grass finished. I mean, you could be doing everything right, but your body and your digestive system will not absorb the nutrients that's going through you just because of stress alone. And so stress has a button Like the sympathetic system, there's a button that you turn on, right? But that same button that you turn on your sympathetic system, you cannot turn it off. There's a whole nother button that you have to turn on in order to balance it. And that's what you call the parasympathetic system. And that's the system where you de-stress. And that's why it is important for you to get out in nature and you to get like you know, sunlight and you to take an Epsom salt bath and just relax or read a book or journal or, you know, meditate, you know, or pray or whatever you do to like relax you or do something enjoyable, you know, um, take, I, I love taking rides um, on my bicycle out into the trails and just the nature and just, you know, just being, there's just so relaxing and it's, it's important to do that. But if you come home and then you have a stressful environment, and you you just can't escape any, you know, you can't, you know, de-stress, you can't do something relaxing. And then when you go to sleep at night, you have racing thoughts, you have anxiety, you can't sleep all the way through, you're waking up all night, insomnia, like all of this stuff is going to rip your, your gut to pieces. And the truth is, is that even when, when people usually wind up with autoimmune diseases, most of them, at least 80%, Research shows that they have had some kind of traumatic event before yeah. that happened. And the worst type of stress for your gut is always going to be bereavement. Like the worst type is like the loss of a loved one. Mm-hmm. And so think about this last season, how many love loved ones that we lost and how much, you know, grief that we've all had to kind of experience. 
and not even like firsthand trauma, but also secondhand trauma, you know, from other people like that kind of stress will really, and, and this is why you've seen like mental illness increase and, and all of these emotional issues. And you've also seen chronic disease increase and metabolic syndrome increase and diabetes and cancer and all of these other issues. And so we, we have to, we have to find our way back into making sure that we can do things that help us to de-stress, that helps us to turn on that parasympathetic system that calms us down, get our gut in order and our, our, our microbes in order, you know, to make sure we have the good bacteria functioning and we're able to absorb nutrients and we're able to sleep good. I make sure that I, the first thing I do in the morning is I, I check my status. Like I check everything, how much REM sleep I've had, how much deep sleep I have, restorative sleep, my oxygen levels, my heart rate variability, my pulse, my sleeping pulse rate. I check everything because I need to know where I am for this day, where, how much space, like based off of my recovery, how much space do I have for strain? That dictates everything. It dictates what I'm going to do. It dictates my in, uh, my exercise routine. And again, all of this is based off of looking at my stress load, looking at how much I'm recovered. And a lot of people are not doing it. And I think it's a good idea to start doing that because if, if you keep compounding each day so much stress, that's when some people just break down, you know, that's when, you know, once you get stuck there, that that's when you break down. That's when you're open to disease. You're open yep. to autoimmune diseases. You're open to all kind of extra inflammation happening. You're open to strokes and heart attacks and all of these other things that stress because of the load of stress on the body will push your body there. And, uh, and, and, and also, you know, brain functionality, you know, and so, um, you know, stress is important and we have to, pay attention to it. I think some people might even need to get into therapy and, um, you know, ha have a therapist get into counseling, someone that they can talk to and release and, and just be able to share what's on their mind. I know sometimes journaling can work for some people, but sometimes a person needs a safe person to yeah. be able to, 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 to talk to, you know what I mean? That's a, that's a level of de-stress and these small little things help the body to relax and de-stress. And then there's also you know, some supplements that people can take like vitamin uh, B1, which is thiamine and L-theanine. And a lot of times CBD can help to relax people. Um, I tend to take, I love ashwagandha. That's an herb that really helps with stress. I love ashwagandha. And uh, of course, magnesium, you know, Epsom salt baths and things like that can also help to relax the nervous system. And uh, so, so this is important. This is an important topic. It is the most important topic just because of where we are and how much stress we're all experiencing. And if I could share personally, I know how this feels like firsthand because I, maybe back in 2017, I went through like the worst year of anxiety. I had no idea. I don't think I was paying attention to how much stress my body was experiencing so I literally thought that I was having heart problems. Mm -hmm. I literally went to about 10 different naturopathic doctors. I was like a maniac because I thought something was wrong with me. I was having pain on the left side of my arm. I could not sleep at night. I had insomnia. This happened for about a good nine, 10 months straight. Wow. 
I was scared to even go to sleep because I thought I wouldn't wake up. This is, and my body was manifesting all of these things because my mind had got connected to the fear of what I was experiencing. And a lot of people don't realize sometimes you will have certain pains in your body that come from uh, some kind of injury. But a lot of time, the chronic pain will go beyond the healing of that injury just because of your mind and the anxiety and the fear of that pain. Yeah. And that connection will bring you where that pain will last even longer because your mind, because of the fear and the anxiety that's connected to it. And even th throughout COVID, I think that that started to show that there was this connection of anxiety towards COVID by watching other people suffer in such a way that it brought a fear up upon the actual person, which is added stress. And then that stress, if you do wind up sick, it, it, it impacts you even more. And so, and this is not to dumb down the real experiences that people were experiencing from it, but I do think that stress and anxiety had a, a huge role in it because when I experienced it, it was like, it was so real. I was going to, the, I thought I was going to the ER room, you know, thinking that I had a heart yeah. attack. Like I need an EKG test me out. And it's like, nothing, nothing's wrong. Nothing's going on, but I felt it in my body. And I felt the way food, I felt bloated. I felt, you know, constipated. My, my digestive system had shut down. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was, it was the worst. It was the worst time of my life. There's nothing like feeling like that, you know, and it was all because of accumulated stress. I wasn't paying attention to my stress load and I wasn't doing the things that I should have been doing to like, de I, I didn't have any de-stressing de mechanism. Mm -hmm. I was just working, going, being a mom here and there and everywhere. Yeah. Like there was nothing in place for me. I didn't have a system for my sleeping patterns or anything. That changed after 2017. I got real serious. And I'm to this day, don't mess with my sleep. Nobody can mess <laughs> with my sleep. I'm in bed at a certain time. Lights are going down. It's dimming down. I sleep with a mask, very dark in the room. I stop eating two hours before I mm. go to sleep. I mean, it's a whole routine. Yeah. And my husband thinks I'm crazy, but I'm like, there's just nothing more important than this because yep. it helps me to de-stress. And if I can't de-stress, it don't matter how much exercise and how much eating good I'm doing, it's going to reverse all the good that I am doing. And I recognize that. And as a matter of fact, I even had to stop exercising as much during that period because my stress was so high that yeah. even exercise was knocking me over into mm -hmm. too much strain. And so, yeah, it's it's definitely, um, it's definitely something we need to address and uh, hopefully, you know, the audience and the listeners will start to, to take this very serious because thank God I never went into like any levels of like mental illness or anything, but we mm -hmm. haven't even gotten to that point where people are having mental breakdowns Absolutely. and winding up with a lot of mental challenges because of stress, stress. you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's so such it's a trigger. Good. Yeah. No, I yeah. appreciate you sharing that. And, and just your personal story. I think that's so powerful. So people understand you're not just like saying this because you think it's interesting or because, you know, you've done a lot of reading and research and learning and all that. No, no, no. You you've lived this before. And so, you know, what it's oh, yeah. like to be stuck in that sympathetic state. So yeah. with exercise, yeah. I do want to touch on that. How can oh, someone yeah. tailor, you know, I know a lot of 
moms listen to the show, moms with young kids who are on the go and busy yeah. schedules and doing all the things for all the people. Um, but also we really do love our workouts because it helps us de-stress. But when do yeah. we know if it is causing too much stress? How, how do you find that balance? Yeah. I mean, you'll, you'll start to fill it in your levels of recovery, like just not able to recover and your energy levels will actually be more challenged. Like mm. during that time, I was doing a lot of high intensity interval training and I was working out like maybe six days a week, possibly even seven days a mm -hmm. week. And when I tell you every day was something new, like, you know, it was boxing and then it was high intensity and then it was, you know, sprinting on the track. I mean, everything was high intensity. And, uh, and so my body started to break down. I started to have panic attacks and I actually, while I was exercising, started to have heart palpitations. So my wow. heart was skipping beats, you know, that's, you got to start paying attention to that, you know, and if you're not self-aware and if you're not paying attention to how you're feeling, it's going to, uh, just, it's going to keep happening. You just think that that this is, you know, exercise is good. Keep going, keep pushing myself to the limit, you know? And so you have to really pay attention to how you feel and how you're recovering, you know, the, the, the next day and where you are. I also had to come off caffeine. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if you're feeling palpitations and racing thoughts and anxiety and, you know, shortness of breath and all of those things, you have to do things differently for a period of time. So for about six to eight months, I came off all caffeine. The only caffeine I would do was a little bit from like maybe green tea, like green tea extract, mm -hmm. but no coffee or, or just no caffeine to, outside of that. And, uh, and I, I definitely started to come down on my sugar intake and do a lot of healthy fats during that time. But I noticed that a lot of people who do who overdo cardio are more susceptible to and when I say cardio I mean like long like you yeah. know you're on a treadmill doing five miles every day yeah. um that that type of cardio starts to um sometimes raise cortisol levels and you'll notice that because sometimes even people who are really really thin who might be cyclers and stuff they'll have like a little belly pouch even though they do a lot of working out, you'll notice that little belly pouch. And that's probably coming from cortisol being a little too high. And so people tend to be a little more stressed out when they're overdoing it on cardio. It starts to yeah. sometimes eat into the muscles and it, it can wind up not being really healthy for you. So again, you got to really pay attention to how you're feeling in the moment because everybody have different seasons where they can tolerate different things. And it can be totally different depending on where you are in life. Now, I do highly suggest doing resistance training. I am an advocate of resistance training. I think that building muscles is one of the key factors to even boosting your immune system mm -hmm. and having that muscle mass helps your helps to repair not just boost we talk about boosting metabolism you you can't really boost metabolism you have to repair it it's probably most likely broken for some people and building muscle mass can help to repair metabolism so i always prioritize you know um resistance training over um cardio and and i don't I love cardio and i think cardio is very easy to do for most people because you can go uh, you can clean up your house. You can garden outside. You can take a walk. You can go up and down the stairs in between your breaks. If you're at work, there's easy ways to get cardio in. There's not 
really a lot of easy ways to get weight lifting in unless you decide to right. pick up something heavy in your office and start doing squats or you can <laughs> body weight like drop down and do push-ups and squats but people are less likely to do that than they are to say hey on my on my break I'm going to go take a 30 minute walk and so if you have time resistance training I think is a priority I think muscle mass will help your metabolism and it will also help your metabolic rate when you are doing cardio, when you are walking, when you are cleaning the house. And what I found is that constant movement throughout the day is even better than a restricted time frame of cardio. Don't get me wrong. I do high intensity interval training. I do 20 minute sessions of sprinting. And I have now just started back doing boxing because I feel like I'm, I, I'm ready for it and it's helping my yeah. body de-stress now could I have done it maybe a year ago I don't think so and but now I feel like I'm ready and so you have to kind of pay attention to where you are I have now the energy levels that have been boosted after we came out of COVID my energy levels are higher my recovery is higher my heart rate variability is higher my sleep is better my I'm getting better quality sleep so I'm in a position to now do something a little different but I still prioritize weightlifting, even with the boxing and the cardio and the, the burpees and all of that. I prioritize weightlifting and constant movement, because if I have a boxing session, I can't just sit around all day. That's not going to help my body. I, I notice my body don't even burn. I can burn better um, calories moving all throughout the day than I can doing a very high intense 60 minute nonstop workout session. Yeah. I, I just, I, I, and I'm tracking this stuff and I, and I track it with a lot of the people that I work with and a lot of my clients, constant movement throughout the day and resistance training is a priority when it comes to exercising. If you want to do the high intensity interval and all the other cardio and running on the treadmill, I do it all too. Uh, and it's great. Just make sure that you're not pushing your body past the limit of recovery. And now I can also work out like six days back a, a week without it affecting my body, but I am tracking my biometrics with that also. Yeah. Oh, I love that. And I, I totally, I mean, I went through a period in my life where I had to just take it down to yoga and walking because there was so yep. much stress going on and I needed that break, but now I'm back in a season of resilience. <laughs> and yeah, so I have, yeah. I've added more and I've even gone back to a little bit of running in between sets of lifting weights and it feels good. And I feel yeah. more energy and I feel yeah. like I'm recovering and it's, but I had to tune in. I had to listen. And so I yeah. appreciate you saying that. And for women, we have got to get in touch with what our bodies are telling us. We have yes. to, and men too, but I know I, yeah, probably, right. yeah. You know, I, I do get more female <laughs> listeners than, than men. So I'm speaking to the women out there. You've got to tune in and not yeah. just on yep. autopilot because that'll get and, you. And I want to add, I actually, I actually started walking for a whole year I, and I'm a, I'm an advocate runner. I stopped mm -hmm. running for a year and did mm -hmm. nothing but walking. And it was tremendous. Yep. It was, it had tremendous impact for me. So absolutely be in tune with your body and know what, what, what you should be doing. Got to pay attention to that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I've got one last question before I ask you, you know, where people can contact you and work with you and all of that. But my favorite question to ask, you know, the name of the show is sparking wholeness. So if you yeah. could give one piece of advice to spark someone toward wholeness, what would it be? My number one piece of advice, that's a great question, is to pay attention to your environments. Pay attention to the environments that you are a part of, that you make yourself a part of, because environments are culture is stronger than your will, usually. 
usually a person's will cannot outrank an environment that they're in. And a lot of times when people are trying to, for example, make healthier decisions in life, the number one thing that will hold them back is their environment and the lack of support from the environment that they currently have. And that's why it's good to get a part of, there are so many groups out there of people, like-minded people that's on a journey, whether it's, you know, I'm trying to, you know, start a business or I'm trying to lose weight or, you know, there's a lot of free groups on social media or just, you know, there's a lot of groups out there and support groups, but being a part of an environment that is going to help to nurture whatever changes that you're trying to make is very important because like when you're trying to make new strides, like a lot of times when people are around you, let's say you're trying to eat better or whatever, when you go hang out with them, a lot of times they, they, they're not on the same page. And as a matter of fact, they can push you and nudge at you to still do what they're doing because they they feel like insecure that they're not able to do what you're doing. And so they might, oh, it's okay. You can have a, you know, a, a couple of, you know, drinks or you can have this or whatever, you know, and we didn't even touch on how alcohol destroys the gut, but yeah. a lot of influences when people are in those environments where friends are like hanging out and eating whatever they want to eat and, you know, drinking and getting drunk all day and not being, you know, productive with their life. When you get in those environments, you are not likely to do anything above the culture that you're in. Yeah. And so the first step, you know, and then sometimes Pete, your friends will even talk about you and tease you and, you know, people will, oh, you just too strict. You're this way or you're that way. And so, you know, having a healthy environment that will support your journey and making sure that you pay attention, you know, to are my friends supporting these changes that I'm making or are they, you know, putting little, you know, dark humor in there or, you know, do they feel insecure because they're not strong enough to stop drinking or they're not strong enough to start eating healthy or, you know, and so sometimes those insecurities get projected on you. And so you want to make sure you avoid those type of environments and you want to make sure that you involve yourself in healthy, nurturing um, valuable environments, uh, environments that are adding value to your life and not taken away from it. That includes any level of toxic relationships. Yeah. It's time to really evaluate your relationships, your crowd, the people that you're around, because more than likely, if you have been on a path or a journey um, to, you know, living unhealthy or having unhealthy disciplines and habits, a lot of times environments play a huge role. If you open your eyes, you'll start to notice that. And a lot of times when we try to make the changes to go into wholeness, the one thing that will prevent it are the environments that we're in. And when you get with a, a bunch of people who are like-minded and do the same things that you're doing, and they're just as vulnerable, you will feel empowered. You will feel a surge of energy. You will be inspired. You will not feel alone. And so I do think that, you know, taking the time to really evaluate the cultures that you're in and just looking for like those support groups and making sure that you, uh, you may have friends that are really amazing and wonderful. Like I do that when I make healthy changes, they support it. They push me on and they come along for the journey. They're like, well, you're doing it. I'm doing it, you know, and you want those type of people in your life. And if you don't have those type of people in your life, you know, my, my number one advice would be to reevaluate it and, and put, um, and I'm not saying you gotta cut people off completely. I am saying that you need to have boundaries. 
And you need to start implementing boundaries that can put you in the best position possible to make sure that your path to towards wellness and wholeness is, is being, um, is being protected. Yeah, absolutely. Ooh, I love that. That is so important. And I agree, super, super impactful for our journey. So tell me oh, where yeah. can people, you know, learn more about you and what you do work with you, all of that. Yeah, absolutely. So um, first of all, my website is camillastevenson.com. I have a lot of valuable information there, but you will probably connect to me best uh, through social media like Instagram at Camila Stevenson. I also have a fake and I'm also on TikTok and YouTube, um, just starting to push those uh, cultures there under Camila Stevenson. And then I also have a business Facebook page under Healthy and Better. That's my brand, um, Healthy and Better. Uh, but I'd say start at Instagram at Camila Stevenson, and uh, you'll be able to know everything I'm doing from there. Awesome. Well, thank you again for all of your information. It was absolutely practical and it felt empowering. And it felt like, I, I think a lot of listeners will go, wow, I can do this. I can make these changes. Absolutely. And so I appreciate your knowledge and your willingness to be in, on the show. Thank you so much for having me. I've enjoyed it. And um, yeah, I, I hope that people can really um, hear exactly what we're talking about and, and, you know, making sure that we're all empowered to just live our highest quality life. And a lot of that, that starts with making sure that you have a um, healthy immune system. And so you can do it. Just, you know, take it one day at a time and um, implement just the small little tips that we talked about. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks again. The tiniest spark leads to the biggest blaze. And I hope that today's episode sparks you on a journey to healing and wholeness. Thanks for listening to Sparking Wholeness. For more information on what I do and my coaching programs, or maybe just to reach out and say, hey, find me at sparkingwholeness.com or on Instagram at sparkingwholeness. Have a fabulous week.